it up. Let's get it. I'm about to get some chicken wings and watch the Bengals play. I'm about to get a couple drinks and watch the Bengals game. My city like a Who day Bengals fans. Who day? It's another great na great day in Bengals Nation, even though uh, in the background you may hear that the uh, the gods of weather have, have dump they're dumping buckets. Uh, but we're not going to let that dampen our Bengals spirit. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, God. Uh, sorry about any of that. Uh, this is Jared. I'm here with Aaron. He's currently imbibing his sorry, I'm frosty beer. beverage, as he should. <laughs> it's, the Bengals. it's the Bengals before and after podcast. A quick recap, a uh, refresher, a reminder of what we do on this podcast and why we're better and different. At least different, if not better, than the other podcasts that are out oh, there about better. Bengals football. <laughs> Neither one of us are smart. We're not sports analysts. We're not trying to be. We're just Bengals fans. Rabid. Rabid Bengals fans. Hey, I'm smart. Uh, fine. I mean, <laughs> I say, I, hey, I'm wrong on stuff all the time. But that's not the point of this podcast. As fans, we get together before the game to record the before. Then we shut down the mics and we go and we root for the men in stripes. And then whatever the outcome may be, come what may, we get back on the mic and we record the after. And so in that way, you can share uh, with us in our journey, our emotional roller coaster each week. We break things down on in the three sides of the ball, uh, offense, uh, defense, and uh, special teams. Just having trouble talking today. Uh, we have... He's brimming with excitement. Can't we, even get the words out. We have the Eagles... Uh, in front of us this week, Carson Wentz, uh, not good, but most hated man in football right now. Well, yeah, I mean that just you playing in Philly, that's going to happen, right? Everybody hates uh, him un unless you're flawless in every single play, every facet uh, of the game. But that being said, so far we the Cincinnati Bengals this season have been the teams uh, other teams get right game. Yeah. Uh, so let's yep. let's start on the offensive side of the ball as we should. Uh, the, the top thing that I'm looking for. That I, I want to be excited, but I think if you if you're a listener to this before and after, hopefully the after is my surprise. Yeah. Do you feel like have you heard anything? Have you read anything? Does your gut tell you that Zach Taylor and the and the crew have done anything on that O line, scheming wise? I, I, there really hasn't been a lot in terms of personnel changes, really. Nope. Yeah. So do you think they've invested time in looking at that video and going, hey guys, shit? Uh, we have no offensive line to speak of, especially on that right side, and our uh, our our franchise future quarterback is being pancaked on a regular basis. What are you? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think every Bengals fan's got to realize at this point, uh, as does everyone around the NFL, the the biggest problem facing these Bengals on the offensive side of the ball is um, the offensive line. Uh, it all starts up front. You can't run the football uh, unless you get good blocking. You can't throw the football. Unless you get good blocking. Um, so I, I think obviously the most glaring uh, thing on the offensive side of the ball has got to be the line. Um, I don't know what changes you make uh, in the season. Um, you know, we were hopeful going into this year. I think you're a piece or two at least away on that offensive line. Um, you know, uh, just God, from the last – five to seven years, and you've seen the departures on the offensive line. Guys like Whitworth that the Bengals let get away. Oh, yeah. Highest-rated tackle in football. Um, man, wouldn't you like Jonah Williams learning under a guy like that? Learning um, under him, and not to mention, man, just a key on that, 
and the whole offensive line topic, you know, this is not a hot take. Everybody knows that football is, if not the, one of the most team-dependent sports. There, the, the, the capability and talent of one individual piece is really irrelevant if the rest of the, of the pieces aren't there. Think about the chain reaction yeah. that you get, even going back to Whitworth. Yeah. Now, how many draft picks have we used? How much uh, personnel scheming have we done to try to deal with the left side? Okay, we even go first-round pick, get Jonah Williams, set aside the fact that he gets hurt. Okay, that's a pick you had to invest to try to shore up what you lost with Whitworth, right? Right. In, in, at the same time, that's not effort or picks you have now at that, at that tier to address other parts of your line, yeah. center and right. <clears throat> so now we've been struggling to play catch-up this whole time. Yep. And then even in, in atomically in this season, I was having a conversation with a non-Bengals fan earlier this weekend, and it was, if you really take a step back and think about it, to your point about the offensive line, our defense is, with the exception of the, against the Browns game, where I'm not sure they realized that game was occurring um, and that it counted, right. but in the first game, they were at least there. There, there is a presence there. They're good enough, we, we would, would hope, and we should be able to expect. If you had an O-line performing like doing its job, right, uh, pass protecting and run blocking, we have a lot of offensive talent on the roster. On paper, this offensive unit ought to be really good considering how junior – our, our rookie quarterback is, right? right? If you think about it. Yeah. But none of that has any chance to develop on the field in game because there is there are no running lanes clearly blocked. The passing lanes are obscure. The quarterback's being rushed and hurried. He's wearing his game face. Hey, I'm the man, and we're going to do better. But we're, we're an offensive line situation away from being a respectable football team in a weird-ass season, in my opinion. Yeah. Which makes it all the more frustrating that – there's been front office decisions in that space that it's as if they don't realize the importance of the O-line. Like, as long as we get a flashy quarterback or a flashy receiver or a, fl- a, a controversial running back, you know, we're going to be fine. And that, to me, not to go completely off track here, but I'm put my, my, my orange and black tinfoil hat on, that reeks of Mike Brown and front, the front office of old. Let's just get the showy, flashy talent pieces and the, the stuff that's not sexy, that doesn't sell jerseys, that doesn't sell tickets, will afterthought. Deal with it later. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of points and before we flip sides of the ball here is when, when you have a departure of a guy like Witt, um, who, you know, clearly had enough gas in the tank for another contract, uh, and you walk away, you have to spend picks, and, and you have to hit on those picks, and by and large, the Bengals haven't. Um, and you know you you can mask a bad offensive line with, with scheme and and um, good production out of your out of your skill positions, but again um, you've missed on some of that as well. Um, you know, case in point, John Ross healthy scratch today. Auden Tate will play, so I guess Tate gets his wish um, to with, step up, get a, kind it. of a put up or shut up week for Auden Tate. Hundred percent. Either you get out there and catch the football and add to the team, or uh, you know we'll give you your walking papers. But um, you know, it, it's as you said, a cascade effect. It starts up front. If you can't keep your quarterback upright, open holes for your running back, uh, and, and and give give time to throw the football down the field. Uh, 
you become really one-dimensional, and I don't care how bad the defense is, it's an NFL defense, and if you've only got to stop plays from 10 yards in front of you, uh, you become a really predictable football team, and I think that's really what we've seen out of these Bengals the first two weeks. Um, they can't, you know, they can't throw the ball deep to loosen the defense because Joe Burrow can't get a five-step drop. Um, well, and if he can, and the, and it's Ross that's downfield, I think defensive and defensive coordinators are not really worried about that. There's a 50-50 shot that man is going to miss that catch for for reasons that are inexcusable at that level. Yeah, I mean, Bounce off his hands, doesn't extend, doesn't push to try to make the completion. So you don't scheme for him. It's not A.J. Green in his prime. It's, right. it's John Ross who's got brick hands. So to your point, even those occasional glimpses of, of hope and dreams where we can go deep, look at who he's throwing to. Flashes of glory. But, I, yeah, I mean, the John Ross thing, I think – that experiment is is coming coming to a close um, in Cincinnati. I don't I don't he just man you love his speed and the ability to take the top off the defense. But where are you to be able to throw that pass? And then the second is where are you to be able to complete that pass? I think the offense has got to get back to it today. I mean if, if we're going to see a victory over the Eagles today, which you know it's a it's a tall task for for this this uh, squad, but the Eagles are not good. They are not good. You should be able to control the football, pass it, run it, and uh, you should be able to hit in you know in everything you want. But the wild card is these are the Bengals. <laughs> Does it ever right. come to fruition? That's sad but true. Uh, we've talked a little bit. We flirted with the defense a bit, but we can, we can tie a bow on that on the defensive side of the ball. Like we've been saying at this stage, I think most Bengals fans. We, I'd just be happy for them to be there. Yeah. Not, not make the other team's quarterback look like, uh, you know, an MVP candidate, and for damn sure, not Carson Wentz. Where you've got the national media. I was stuck in a dentist chair earlier this week, and they had on uh, NFL Network, and it's one of the morning shows, and I'm, I'm listening to these guys just obliterate that man, Carson Wentz, about you know poor decision making and bad throws and all of these just awful. Uh, outcomes that he's bringing around with this play we need the defense to just not make them look foolish not let him take the stage again and all of a sudden look like he and his coaching staff have solved his problems right because the Bengals defense can't get pressure Atkins is out again with whatever the hell's wrong with him let's not Rich, you want to talk about classically Bad Bengals coaching. In a year where you could put a guy on IR and bring him back after week three, instead, Geno Atkins takes up a roster spot and is out the first three weeks of the damn NFL season. Absolutely, unequivocally idiotic Doesn't for make the Bengals makes front no office staff. He, he can come <laughs> back after three damn games and he's been hurt. He hadn't even picked up his helmet until Friday. First damn practice he's had this year. No, no. Let's put him on our active roster. This inability to 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 recognize reality and then roll take very very simple low risk uh, uh, risks. I guess three that's weeks. That's always got to sit three weeks. And Maybe he's out. He comes up week one. I feel great. You know what, Gino? You're important to the long haul for this team. Let's give you a couple weeks off. Get your body right. Then come back and play. You get three weeks. Three weeks off. That's all you need. I mean, is it the inmates running the asylum, do you Freaking think, in that ridiculous. scenario? Do you think it's Atkins going, I can play, I can play? I don't mean and, to drag it and down so the, tangent. But, but, no, I mean, I think it's valid, right? Because, again, this is the, he's, he's a key to the defense. 
you know, if he if his body of work remains stout, a, a potential Hall of Famer, but you know, shaky now in the last couple of games we've seen him in. Right. When we see him in a game, but is it a situation where, like in New England, a Bill Belichick would have said, "I'm putting you on IR for three weeks, and then we'll bring you back if you feel good." Period. And he might go, but coach, but coach, I, I feel good. Let's play it ear by ear or week by week. You know, let's play it by ear. Let's take a chance. And you're going to get a Bill Belichick who's like, I'm running this show. This is my show to run. You're going to take three weeks. We'll see you there. Get right. Versus I feel like what could be going on in Cincinnati is the coaching staff saying, especially because they're new, right? going, hey, Gino, you're a veteran. How are you feeling? I feel good. I feel good. I can play. All right, well, let's see how you're doing. And then it's two days before, you know, game time or whatever. It's time for the Thursday injury report. Uh, and the doctors or Gino or both are going, nope, not yet. Not yet. And it's Every like, oh, well, ne- what about yet. next week? Well, what about next week? And like you said, now here we are at week three. <clears throat> He's not playing. That could have been a free roster spot. Could have developed some talent. Could have done a number of things. At least put a body in there. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you got I, – I mean, I don't the, – the constant miscues, the tiny missteps that the front office seems to take, it, it boils down to – Look at the play on the field. It, it the Bengals are not have not been great defensively, but if you watch the film, if you look at the tape, they're tiny miscues, right? It's a it's a dropped assignment here. It's a guy four or five yards out out of position here. Yep. You know we we heard it all the time. Sloppy Mar- penalty. Yeah, you, you hear you heard it in the Marvin Lewis era. We're close. We're just out of position. And um, you know you're you're starting that's starting to be the thing. We're close. We're just out of position. Well, guys, these are tiny miscues. I understand it's a crazy year, but the Geno Atkins thing, the pressure, uh, the back end of the, the secondary, William Jackson the third getting beat like a drum week after yeah, week. God, these are just these are things that just keep coming up. It's one thing after another on this defense, and you got to you really have to stand up and say what gives here. This defense on paper should be much improved. However. They gave up 35 points to a team that got the snot beat out of them week one. Oh, yeah. The snot beat out of them. We cannot go give 35 points up to an Eagles team that literally has a quarterback that took his team to the playoffs two years in a row in the hot seat. They are talking about benching Carson Wentz because he's not any good. They know that now. Yep. And here they are. Once again. Is this a Bengals get right game? I heard it this week. They're already talking about Tua gets the Bengals and the Eagles back to back. So that could be his nice soft landing for him to start his time in Miami. I mean, you, I hate you, that. You can't be that. As bad. a Bengals you, fan, you, there's as an NFL defense, yes. you can't be that bad. Yes, and then get a, better. And That's a, all I have to say. Get better. <laughs> I agree. Do, do better things. Do better. And as a Bengals fan, you hate to be a part of an era, witness another season where folks look at you that way. Oh, like, it's, oh it's horrible. You've got the cushiony schedule because here comes Cincinnati. That's a gimme, right? So we can look forward to this and that. And it's yeah. like, oh, come on. It's ridiculous. Right? It's too early for that, uh, but it's what's happening. And that's what I'm afraid of today on the defensive side of the ball. I'm afraid that Carson Wentz, who is who's tiptoeing between himself and the bench, uh, gets to, to, to flash in the pan. Uh, and then the conversation becomes – Back to is he really good or was it just the Bengals? Right, that hurts. And there's the defense, like you said. This is this isn't this isn't pee wee football. These are professionals, and there's not a lot of rookies on that defense in key places. Uh, they ought to know better. 
And how many times we got to sit through this? It, it comes down to you got to hit the quarterback and you got to keep your standing upright. Yep. Neither have we been able to do nope. early in this season. And if we can't do it today, we're going to sit here again in three and a half hours and talk about the same thing. Bengals defense unable to get pressure. Offense unable to keep Joe Burrow up and open up holes for Mixon. And when they do, unable to get the football down the field. So, um, I mean, at what point do we have to step in and start saying, look, it's the scheme. It's just not good enough. Go find me somebody that's got better ideas of how to run a defense. Time for an advisor. Hell, I was uh, looking at the freaking Raiders. I mean, they're, they're, they got our old defensive coordinator. 2-0, man. Shutting yeah. team, I mean, shutting teams down right now. Yeah. Um, Paul Gunter out there. I mean, it's like, really? Again, another guy leaves Cincinnati. Now he's got, you know, I'm a, I'm a coaching disciple now, and I'm yeah, well, you know, making a push for a head coaching job. Just un- unbelievable. I, well, there's our, I mean, that's our pivot to special teams, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll, I want to end, truly end special teams with talking about kicking in the most succinct way possible. But putting this topic in the bucket of special teams as we do, where we talk about all the things that aren't directly offense, defense, it, it putting my tinfoil hat back on, it, it begs the question, to your point, where coaching staff leave Cincinnati to go to other programs with better front offices sometimes and better head coaches in place and all of a sudden are able to perform at a level that we, we only wished we could have seen while they were here with talent that is get more or less comparable in a lot of key areas. So it's not yeah. like they're just getting toys to play with. I agree. It's It goes back to what the hell is happening in that front office behind closed doors. And what I really mean to say to put a, a fine point on it is Mike Brown and his his unholy offspring, how much are they interfering with game planning, scheming, and the way that this team is built? And if they are, why? Why continue to have a product that is just good enough to – and I'm answering my own question as I say it – that's just good enough to sell gear, keep you a team, and scare Hamilton County in Ohio enough to keep you in a nice stadium and – be legally obligated to build you a holographic scoreboard if that technology comes about. It's my favorite, like, goofy clauses well, in that contract. They, the, the idea that Zach Taylor has control of this team, the idea that as long as – I'm about to get real harsh. The, the, the idea as long as Mike Brown doesn't succumb to COVID, as long as that man draws air and is able to function mentally such that shareholders, board owners, whatever, whoever pulls the legal strings – don't oust him from control of the team. As long as that is in place, I think that successes for us as Bengals fans on, but you know, on, but with our, delivered by our team are going to be happenstance or coincidence, and in spite of, not because of. That's yeah. where I feel we are. I mean, this is the first appearance uh, this year on Bengals Before and After podcast, but let let us let us nary forget. Uh, that the Bengals have a contract negotiation coming up with the the city of Cincinnati and Hamilton County. I think it's after the 26th season, Um, you know, um, the 24 season. It's coming up uh, where the Bengals' lease uh, of the stadium is up. Um, And it, it, there's a lot on the table. There's a lot on the table. Is Mike Brown still going to be around? Um, If not, um, you know, I, that, it's the $600 million question, right? How much does it trickle down from the top? How much does it trickle down from the top? I think it's all um, of it. I, I, I'm going I, game three of this year, and I am already at a point 
where if I if I stop restraining myself, I'm already prepared to go back to that old well, that old chestnut, and say Mike Brown and his offspring and the morons that he has recruited to run that front office, run this organization. Everything else has changed except that. That. Everything else has changed. I so said it either, two weeks ago. Either they are able to change out every piece of this organization and continue to be bad on an epic level, or the absolute futility comes from the top. I, I 100% think that's where it is. It explains why Zach Taylor is the quarterback or the, the head coach that we have. Not some of the more. That's why it's the it's it's like the the not hidden rumor that seasoned, capable head coaches don't even want to think about coming to Cincinnati because they know what they're going to be faced with in terms of dealing with ownership and front office. New quarterback, new coaching staff, everything involved with the actual planning and execution of the game. We've got new and ostensibly strong talent in all those places, and we're getting the same results. Let's put a button on special teams by saying yes or no, Aaron, do you feel that it comes down to a kicker's leg today? Yes or no? I don't even care which team. Does a kicker decide our game again? Yes. I agree with you. Yet, w- w- win or loss, at the end of the game, the clock shows zeros across the board. It's Q4. It's over. Cincinnati on top. Or are we talking about another team rehabbed against the men in stripes? Oh, man. I picked him the first two weeks, and I've been embarrassed. The first- I got a little closer with my with my prediction last week as Joe Burrow picked up a lot of yards in garbage garbage time. But, um, no, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough out of either side of the ball um, to say that the Bengals can put one away. Show me something. I hope I'm wrong. Um, the defense has got to be a lot better than they were last Thursday night. Um, the offense needs to do something. I mean, I need, <laughs> I need to see something. Something, anything. Offense. I agree. I'm going to – I'm going to – and it makes no sense. Uh, I'm going to predict – predict. Let me try English. Predict a Bengals W today. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know why. Uh, I think the defense will factor in mightily. Uh, I think it'll be like game one where uh, they show up far more uh, profoundly than maybe we wanted to in terms of the talking points. But I think somehow, some way, the Bengals find a way to win this. God help uh, us. I hope I'm right. Let's go watch this game. Let's go watch it. Who day, Bengals fans? Who of football um we tied uh, we, we we tied we tied again 
with again the, we tied with the Eagles again again we tied. Oh, that was. Uh... I'll be honest with you. Um, in the ways in which I thought the the game might might reach its conclusion, a tie. I didn't pick that. I didn't. I didn't pick tie. No, no a tie against the Eagles didn't 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 think that would be the way. Nobody's happy. Not even Vegas is paying. That means everybody's upset right now. Everybody loses. Everyone. Right as the clock expired, Aaron, your comment was, well, we didn't lose. And my response was truly the logic of a Bengals fan. Indeed. Where we find ourselves forced to be 0, 2, and 1. And 1. Again. Yeah, again. Again. Uh, Offense. Uh, Joe Burrow continues to look good when he's not being flattened. Offensive line. Even when he is sometimes being flattened. Still looks pretty damn good. O-line still looks like a bag of hot garbage on a bright sunny day. No breeze, a lot of humidity. Yeah. Um, They're just terrible. Uh, other teams look like actual pro sports teams compared to what we're able to do or not do. Uh, Mixon tried, got to see Gio get used. That was a bright point for me. I like to see Giovanni Bernard in, in leveraged in the offense. But right. Flashes, I would say. Yeah. Flashes today. Flashes Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, they both have moments. AJ looks like a dist- like a, a, a distraction in, intentionally. Does he look old or yes. is it just me? I no. love AJ. I'm the biggest AJ Green fan out there will constantly argue his merits among the top receivers in the league. But I don't know what is going on, but A.J. looks old and Dude, has lost he, he's step. old and Maybe. And, he's, and he's a little beat up, and I don't fault him for that. Yeah, He's also at a stage in his career that's not exciting but incredibly important where defensive coordinators will double-team him because you, you have to. Yeah, You can't let yeah. him get open right? deep. But with that comes the fact that he's not particularly exciting to watch. No. Uh, and that happens. Julio Jones with the Falcons is going through the same thing. Lots and lots of number one receivers have gone through similar phases where they're so bottled up. Their job now is to make opportunities for the other guys. And yeah. so T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, opportunities. Man, T. Um, Higgins with a lot today. Comes up two touchdowns, a lot of nice catches, um, kind of a I don't know if you call it a bonehead, but a little bit of bonehead on the illegal touching. And, man, if he comes down with that pass in overtime, I think we're talking about a different football game. Absolutely. And, you know, the illegal touching, that's a fairly obscure rule. Like, you got to know it. You're paid millions of dollars to know it. I'm not. Uh, But that said, in terms of things as a fan that I'm prepared to forgive, his foot slipping out of bounds and then him being the first guy open that defender didn't know that, you know, that, that was a well orchestrated, well executed play. So happens that there's a rule about the way it happened. You're never going to convince me. The defender knew that his foot grazed the line. And thus he took off pressure because he knew that he was, if he caught it, that there'd be an illegal touching penalty. So no big deal. I'll let him open. No, it's just, that's the way it went down. And the, the credit to, the Eagles coaching staff uh, for seeing that and watching that and making the the the, the call down to the, to the to the field to say throw the flag right challenge it 
Yeah. Because otherwise, it doesn't happen. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that was a game changer. Um, didn't feel like it then, but, you know, a big old uh, avalanche can start with a snowflake. Uh, I'm a, I want to go. I need to go. I have to go to the defense. I mean, my God. Inability to tackle Carson Wentz like he's Ben Roethlisberger, like he's Cam Newton. Like he's stepped out of what two or three sacks, multiple early. sacks, and then they finally get him. And the level of celebration, I think, offended me as a fan <laughs> at that point. Like you haven't earned that celebration. Um, keep your spirits up, sure, but come on. I mean, this isn't the first game of the year. Uh, you've been embarrassed by two prior quarterbacks. Uh, complete inability to One get of which was Baker Mayfield. Yes, thank you. Uh, pressure on Carson Wentz was nowhere near what it should have been, given who we were playing. Uh, it just it, downfield mean, completions that didn't make any sense. Yeah, there were a couple of picks, and it was easy to want to get excited about those. But Carson Wentz is bad. He's right. bad. <laughs> He's supposed to do that. That there should have been probably two more picks there. And instead, we're seeing deep ball completions. We're seeing runs broken for significant gains. We're seeing Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, breaking out of what should be easy sacks from our defense. And then, not to mention, and, I, and I'll, I'll shut up. And meditate while you react uh, as well. Uh, holy hell with self-inflicted wounds. Let's go get some dumb flags doing dumb shit on the field. And then make the dumb face when the camera comes to us like, huh? What do you mean? I didn't do anything. No, Phillips. You definitely did. You definitely hit that receiver when you're not allowed to. You definitely committed pass interference. The secondary making boneheaded mistakes. And gifting a team that you should be trouncing big chunks of yard, uh, additional downs, more opportunities, and you are the Bengals. You cannot afford those mistakes because you're that good. Your coaching staff isn't going to scheme around your mistake. I don't know if they keep forgetting. We're not the Patriots. That's not Bill Belichick underneath that card on the sideline. That's Zach Taylor and some people he found hanging out around the stadium. And he said, hey, you want to coach? What, what do you like? When you watch football, what do you like to watch? Oh, the strikers and the goalies. No, wrong kind of football. Doesn't matter. Welcome to my coaching staff. That's what you're dealing with. So what you can't do is just spot the team you're playing opportunities and yards. I, I'm befuddled. Befuddled. It, even the commentators, well, the defense we saw against the Chargers, and I'm like, that feels a lot like last year when we played Seattle in the opener and right. played them real tough. Yeah, and we're it like, does. wow, look at us, man. Defense, offense, yeah, we lost, but rookie coach, we we got ourselves a squad here, and we know what happened last year. Your thoughts, defense side of the ball. It's very interesting. How does it make you feel? It's very interesting. The last point you make, um, because you know. The similarities in this team to the team that we saw last year, right? Came out and played pretty good the first week. We had a shot there. Um, week two, the Bengals last year began their epically bad run uh, for the next, what, seven games on the defensive side of the ball. We started that. We were even more epically bad last week than we were last year. But it, it really seemed like um, we were back uh, in that same kind of scenario again. You know, it, it you got guys on this team who are veterans and you want them to step up. 
Dunlap played pretty good today, I'd say. You know, had a lot of good tackles. William Jack, son, the third, got beat like a drum all day again. Just um, he looks bad. He out looked there. just he didn't look he, after as good as he 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 was as bad today as he was good his rookie season. Yeah, when he was an all world beater. Um, but you know, uh, overall. I'm going to say something about the defense because you only give up 27? Three. 23 points, right? We only give up 23 points. Not a ton, um, but you got a lot of dumb, dumb, dumb mistakes. Uh, when they're going down the field for Carson Wentz to walk in essentially from 15 yards out, um, you got two big defensive secondary penalties. Really think the secondary got beat up today. Didn't really beat up, but didn't you know what? The D line didn't look good either. Pressure was lacking. How many Pressure plays did you see spotted. where there's a, a large 300 pound defensive specialist who has Carson Wentz? He has his hands, maybe even arms, on him stoutly, and Carson Wentz is still standing, and that guy's on his back, looking up at the clouds, wondering what had happened. Yeah. Uh, it, Inexcusable. Got to have those sacks early. I mean, you can't put your hands on a quarterback that often and not drag his ass down. You'll note, God, I'm angry that Joe Burrow, who is very mobile but not big, right? He's not going to wrestle out from underneath the sack. The defenders we're playing are bringing his ass down for as mobile and as nimble as he is and as young as he is. He hasn't been crushed under the weight, literally and figuratively, of being a Bengals quarterback and the defenders that we face. And they don't miss those sacks. He's right. brought down. He's brought down well. Once again, it's time to break out this oldie but goodie, and we're only a few hours separated from the last time we talked about it. What's not happening with the people whose job it is to watch film, scheme, plan, coach? What are they not doing? What are they not capable of? What are they confused by? What sort of secret blood contract did they sign before they started getting paid in the stripes? Because I can't understand some of the mistakes that we see from a professional football team, right? The the Reds made the playoffs this year, oddball baseball season as it was, and they're wearing T-shirts that say, Respect Cincinnati. Now, they're going to get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs <laughs> because they are from Cincinnati, which is what happens. But they haven't the, been around long enough. Yeah. But the, <laughs> but the point is, the point is, Nobody's going to respect Cincinnati sports, much less the Bengals, until we start to act, behave, and play consistently like a professional squad. And it's so damn hard. I mean, how many times watching the end of that game did you and I, were we jokingly but sadly also knowing full well the reality of our jokes, predict the outcome of the next play? That Carson Wentz would break it and die for the end zone. That a seven-point lead... Against One a team that's not bad. Enough. Not enough. Not that's enough. not enough. Nope. Oh, you force them to have to score a touchdown? Most fans of teams would be like, hey, that's a good position to be in. Again, They're not going to beat us with a foot. Again, though, you know, Bengals go down, can't shut the door in the red zone, right? Get to the five-yard line, can't punch it in. Got to kick a field goal again. What's the difference there? Between a win and a loss. Once again, the Bengals' defense can't close out a game, right? You can't. Three and a half, three and three quarters, three and eight ninths of a football game, they do just enough. But when you got to come up on one of the sides of the ball 
to count on, you can't. No. You cannot count on the offense to stick it in the end zone and get seven points. You cannot count on the defense to come up with a stop. You just can't. Not do when it. it matters. Not when it matters. Don't, 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 and you're Difference not. But between a mediocre team to subpar and a great team. I could hear, I could hear another Fengal, Fengal, fellow Bengal, that's Fengal, fellow Bengals fan saying, wow, well, look at that, look at that last stop. They didn't let them get in field goal range. They forced mistakes by the Eagles, blah, blah. Yeah, when they were confronted with what realistic outcome at that point? A tie or a loss? There was no big bolster, you know, robust stand to put us in a chance to win. They had a big stand where the worst thing that could happen was they get beat by a field goal and you lose, or the best thing that could happen to the Eagles. That, that you tie with the Eagles again. So I don't care about that last minute overtime stop. Where were the overtime stops where when you needed them, where you could have put that the offense in a position to make their own mistakes at least? It's just infuriating. It's infuriating, and now we get a week of uh, listening to the national media uh, talk about it. You know, honestly, maybe it's even worse than having to listen to national media talk about the Bengals. It's really not. I think it's going to be even worse. They're not going to talk about the Bengals. They're going to talk more about Carson Wentz and how the best he could do against a hapless Cincinnati Bengals team is tie, and it'll be back to uh, talking about the Eagles and Carson Wentz. Yeah. And again, like I said in the before, that's what stings is you're, you're not even considered relevant on the national stage. You, you are an embarrassment. You're a gimme. You're a get-right team. You know, here come the 1 o'clock games. Here come the – which, by the way, our first one of those this season, you thought – I had a shred of hope that maybe we would get back into the winning ways when the, the nation's not watching. Wrong. Right. Nope. Uh, wrong. Didn't happen. Uh, man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pivot us to the the one and remaining bright note for the Cincinnati Bengals team of the past X number of years, uh, twelve I think I thought I heard somebody say how about how about that Huber, Kevin, Kevin Huber, Kevin Huber can Kevin ha- Huber he can watch my children he can have my children for all I care I'll have his children, uh, consistent, big boot, precise puts the ball where it needs to be lets the lets the special teams guys get downfield to put a stop to a bad role. He is just so good. And had a good day today. Yes, Not he only did. that, had a good day today. You know, pinning him deep. Um, I think it, I, I counted, I don't know, he kicks a lot, so sometimes I you, lose. It's hard track. to, yeah, it's hard to keep track. Uh, but I think he had at least four, maybe five inside the 20. Um, does his job, man. Comes out day in, day out, and gives this team all he's got. And um, rarely, if ever, do you see the man have a bad game? Um, really, no, he, just he's, yeah, he's a human. Today. Just stellar. he's had a couple of bad punts here and there because he's a human being and not a machine. But for for what he's asked to do and to be that lone shining bright spot, to be like, well, I at least won't put the uh, opponent's offense in great field position. I'll at least give you that. Bangles, I'm going to do it first one. Bangles before and after player of the game today. Kevin Huber is absolutely on fire today. Later on, I'll record you saying that, and I'll just cut it in. Every you week, won't have man. to say it every it, damn week. It's pretty much something we can bank on as Bengals fans. Mark, um, who, who do, do you even know who we have next week? I'm, I don't. At this point, yeah. I have the fog of the fog of war. One o'clock. Yeah, the fog of war. I don't even know who we have next week, but I'm going to take between now and then to try to. to comb through my memory banks Ugh. and find something to be excited about other than the camaraderie of suffering uh, with, a, with a whole Bengals nation. Uh, Bengals, Bengals don't lose. 
they also don't win. <laughs> they don't win. They tie again. Tie. With the Eagles. Uh, it's the second time. I was at that first game with Donovan McNabb looking up at the at the officials like, is it over? Are we? Is this how this ends? I didn't know we yes. could tie. Yes, Donovan. his famous quote yeah. at the press conference. Yeah. Yes, Donovan, this is how it ends. Uh, <sighs> and it's how it ended again today. Bengals tie. Can't, can't overcome a Carson Wentz trying to give them the ball. Uh, 23 all, I guess, was the end. It doesn't matter. Might as well have been nothing. Who cares? When you tie, nobody has any points. Uh, we'll try again next week, Bengals fans. Uh, until then, uh, crack a beer, uh, sip some bourbon, uh, I, I don't know, inject some black tar heroin. Cope with it however you do. Uh, and we'll talk to you again in about a week. Who day? Who day? Who day? Who day? Tell them who you rooting for. Who day? Go who day? Go who day? Who day? Tell them who you rooting for. Right.